0: Welcome to my Share. This week it's uh, Parashas Balak and uh, the Parashasheh is sponsored this week by Aaron and Lillian Fuchs in memory of Aaron's father and it's also sponsored by Jason Fuchs in, mem- in memory of his grandfather, Heinrich Fuchs, Chaim Shol Ben Yitzchok, Zichroina Levrocha, whose yard site is on the 12th of Tammuz, uh, his Neshama should have an aliyah, we should be zeichet, Tzitchias HaMesim, it's wonderful to have you all online and to be able to share these divrei Torah with you, this week on Parashas Balak. If you would like to to subscribe to either my SoundCloud, um, then just, if you're on SoundCloud, all you need to do is to click on the subscribe button and you can become one of my followers. Or if you're on YouTube, at the bottom of the screen, there's a little button which you can click on and you can become one of my YouTube fans. And I'd love that because then you'll be notified every time I release a new video, whether it's a shir or whether it's one of my Jewish history lectures or some other information that I'm sharing online on YouTube, I'd love that. Please subscribe now and, uh, and become part of the Rabbi Pini Dunah Divrei Torah and Jewish History family. Parashas Bolak, we're going to look at a fascinating, a beautiful Shalom. And I, I'm very happy about this Nasivas Shalom because it comes as a perfect time. Last week, we celebrated 30 years of my shul here in Beverly Hills. We opened in 1991, it's now 2021, and we had a fabulous event, a fundraiser. And I have to tell you, shuls are really important. There's nothing more important in Jewish life than a community, a Jewish community where you go regularly to Daven. And the Gemorin Brochus says, that you need to have a regular seat, a place in your shul, you need to have the regular place to go to daven. You shouldn't just be a peripatetic person who just davens wherever it's convenient. Your shul has to be your kehilah. it has to be your base Knesses. You also have to have a place to learn, a base Medrash. You have to have a place where you go and learn and study Torah and where there's a rabbi who can teach you. Or if you're a rabbi, where you can teach others because it's so important to have a base Knesses and a base Medrash, they are the foundation of Jewish life. Without a base Medrash and without a base Knesses, without having a place to study Torah without having a place which is a Mokoim Tefillah, a place of prayer, the Jewish community, the Jewish world, the Jewish faith, the Jewish people would fall apart. And that's really the theme, as you're going to see, of this week's. Nasivah Shalom. This week, the Nasivah Shalom is going to focus on the incredible statement made by Bilom. Bilom was a Novi, he was also a Roshah. And he said, How goodly are your tents, Jacob, and your sanctuaries, Israel. That's what he said. We say it every morning. Come into Shul. What's the first thing you say when you come into Shul? I, I'm not talking about uh, just, you know, schmoozing with your friends. What is it you say? The first words of prayer that come out of your mouth. When you come into shul, incredible. Do you know who the, who authored those words? Who said those words? Who was the first person Who is the origin of those words of praise? For the shul and for the base medrash? None other than Bilom HaRosha. Bilom, the prophet, who wanted to curse the Jewish people. But was thwarted at every turn. Four times he tried. Four separate occasions he tried to curse the Jewish people. He failed. And what happened was that the Klola turned to Bracha. That's what we're going to look at today. That's what the Nesivas Shalom that we're going to look at today talks about. And we're going to see that there are fundamental principles of Judaism contained in this story of this week's Parsha. Of Parsha's Balak. Themes that affect us in our everyday Jewish lives. Listen carefully. The Gemara about Sanhedrin. The Gemara in Sanhedrin, stuff, kufhei. The Gemara says, "Isa Amar shel Rasha." Says Rabbi Yochanan, from the blessing of this wicked individual. We're talking about Bilam. <speaking in Hebrew> you can turn. You can tell. What actually was going on in his heart? What did he want to do? He wasn't able to do it, but you can tell what he wanted to do by the words that he uttered. Says the Gemara. He wanted it to be that there would never be a shul and never be a synagogue, and nor should there ever be a base medrash, a place of learning, a a place of Torah study. That's what his intention was. How do we know? Because God changed his words from a klala to a bracha. He wanted to say that there should never be a base Knesset and there should never be a base Medrash. And he said, God flipped it. He changed it around. And he changed it so that instead of him saying there should never be, he said how wonderful they are and how good they are and how enduring they are. Rashi says, There's a posse that says, God changed the brocha, the klola, to a brocha. He wanted it to be a curse. He wanted it to be something negative, and God changed it to a blessing, into something positive. He wanted to curse the Jewish people. He wants to say there should never be any shuls. He was not given permission to do that. God didn't allow those words to emanate from his mouth. Gomorrah and the Gemara continues. Omar Rabbi Abba. Rabbi Abba says, Kulam Of all the curses, by the way. There were many curses that he wanted to say, and we see them in the psuk, in very poetic language. Baloch is full of very poetic language. Bilom was a very poetic individual, and the curses that came out of his mouth, that came out as blessings, they may have come out as blessings, but all of them returned to his original intention. You can look at the bracha there, sorry, the Gomorrah in Sanhedrin, you'll see all the different things that he wanted to say, wasn't able to say, and God changed them to blessings. All of those things eventually returned, reverted to negativity, reverted to those curses that he had originally wanted to say. This is what the Gemara says, that um, uh, Rabbi Abba Bar Kahana said, The only thing, that was eternal in terms of the blessing that came out, that emanated instead of the curse was the base Medrash and the base knesses, the shuls and the places of learning. God flipped the blessing into a curse for you, because God loves you. Hashem loves the Jewish people. And therefore, this particular curse, that Bilam wanted to curse the Jewish people with, and that changed into a blessing, that blessing endured, and the curse never reverted back to the curse like the other ones. Many of the other curses that he wanted to make, and if you look at the Gomorrah then, Sanhedrin, you'll see all the different things that he wanted to say. None of those things remained as blessings, even though that's the way He expressed them because of God's will. They eventually went back to the curses that he had wanted to say. However, the curse of the uh, failure of schools and places of learning, that curse never managed to succeed. And it remained the blessing of Matoyva HaLecha Yaakov Secha Yisrael. Rashi says, One of the curses, only one of the many curses that he had wanted to utter and which he had been unable to do so because God had changed it from curses to blessing, but only one of them were, uh, was thwarted for all time. and We know that. And not all of them. How do we know that? Says the Nesiva Sholem, we need to understand why is it only one? How do we know that only one of the blessings endured despite his original intention? Why would we say that this Pasuk only refers to one of the curses that became a brocha that endured for all time and not all of them why is it that it's only one klolo it's klolo achas and not all the klolois how is that an expression of god's love for the jewish people in kol is if all the other curses did eventually become curses again, even though at that moment in time they were blessings, we need to understand what is the meaning of this Gemara. The Gemara there in Sanhedrin, Kofayam at Base, which talks about all the different curses that Bilom had wanted to utter, but had been unable to do, unable to say them, because God had changed them as they came out of his mouth. But they eventually became those curses, and yet this one, this one klolah, klolah librocha, as the Posuk says, this one klolah became a blessing, ki ahevcha Hashem lekecho, because God loves you. Why only one? Why is it that the others did return into curses? V'chein Tzorech bio says the Nesiva Shalom, we need to understand, Mau what is it that is unique about this particular blessing? This ma toivu aholecha yakid mishkenay secho Yisrael. What is it that is unique about this particular utterance of Bilam Harasha, Shelbate Knei Siai about the shuls and about? the places of learning and only in this one did God make sure that this particular was the one that was thwarted for all time until the end of time why is it that God chose this particular curse to change into a blessing and it never reverted back to the curse. That is going to be the theme of today's Nasivah Shalom. Listen carefully. The Yeshla Farish says the Nasivah Shalom. We can explain it, we can understand it, we can appreciate it in the way that we have previously explained the concept of blessing and curses. What is it that is a blessing? What is it that is a curse? What is, how do we understand this concept of blessings and curses? We hear this all the time, that there's such a concept as blessings, that you have a blessing in your life and you have a concept called a curse, which is a negative force and energy that is destructive in your life. How do we understand it? What is the Jewish theological concept of blessings and curses? Says the Nasiva Shalom, the Indian Bracha, who had pa Hashem Yisbarach, you want to know what a blessing is? A blessing means attachment to God. If you're attached to God, that's a blessing. <speaking in Hebrew> when a Jewish person is attached to God, Eloikov, his God, Shoireh, Oz. Blessings will shower upon him. They will attach themselves to him. His attachment to God will mean that his life is infused with blessings. How about curses? Do you know when you are cursed? Do you know what it means to be cursed? The true curse, the ultimate curse is... When you are detached and separated from God. You are meant to be attached to God and you've separated yourself. You've detached yourself from this connectedness to God. That's a curse. (laughs) Then tough things and challenges, challenges will happen. That's what it means to be cursed. You're not connected to God. You don't have God in your life. You're not waking up every morning and saying, Thank you, Hashem. Everything I do is Hashem. You're not saying, When you wake up in the morning, I acknowledge and I thank you, Hashem, for having such a wonderful life, for being born and being given the opportunity to do mitzvahs. That, if that happens, if that's your level of detachment from God, that in and of itself is a curse and will produce negativity in Your life. And this is something that is discussed in great detail and um, in a very elaborate manner by Maimonides in Guide to the Perplexed in Maimonides, He says, Every negative situation that we have recorded that occurred. To the prophets and to the righteous individuals of Jewish history. <inaudible> the moment that for some reason they paused, that they had a disconnect moment from their attachment to God, that's when the Sitra achra managed to insert himself into their lives, and that's when negative things happen. That's what the Rambam says in Meru Nevuchim. It's very powerful. There's a Gemara. Gemara says that David Amelech is also a similar Gemara, but Rav Chista. The Gemara says that David HaMelech knew that he was going to die. And he sat and studied Torah. Because he knew if he studies Torah, there's no way that the Satan can get to him, that the Malach can arrange for his death. And he was distracted for one moment because there was a noise in the garden. And as a result of that, just that, he was Mesich Das for one moment. For one moment he was distracted. And that enabled the Malachamovis to get in there and to end his life at the age of 70. That is the power of Dveikus Bashem. If you want to make sure that nothing bad happens to you you've got to make sure that your dvekus your attachment to god is constant ongoing and unremitting that is the power of dvekus bashem if you want to know what the intent what the ultimate goal the target of Bilam was, what was it? He wanted to detach the Jewish people uh, from their Dveikus in Hashem, from their attachment to God. Because only then, if he managed to detach the Jewish people from God, he would then be able to pounce with his klolois, with his curses, and they would work. Later on, when the curses didn't work, he said, you know what? It's not possible to achieve our objectives. He said to Boloch, we're not going to succeed. This is a waste of time. The only way you're going to succeed is if you get them to sin in two particular sins. What were those sins? Benoismayov, if you get them to commit immoral acts with the women, with the girls of Mayav, and if you are able to convince them to worship and avoid the Zorah then you will have achieved your objective. You will have detached them from God and then I can pounce and then I can get in there. Then I will be able to curse them and bring about their downfall. That was the advice of Bilam Harasha. Do you want to know what the root is, the source of our attachment as the Jewish people to God is? What is it? Uh, the source of that Dveikus is B'mayach It is with the brain and with the heart. That's just the words that are used here by the Nasivah Shalom, but what he's really trying to say is it's with the intellect and with the emotion. The mayach is the seat of intellect. The leiv is the seat of emotion. If you want to know how it is that a human being, the human condition can attach itself to God, there's two areas of the human condition that enables us to attach to God. One of them is the intellect, our ability to think and to imagine and to know that there is a God, that is something that's intellectual. It's a brain thing, it's a Mayach thing. Then we have something else called the lev. it's emotional. We can emotionally attach ourselves to God. That's not an intellectual exercise, that's an emotional exercise. Those are the two sources, those are the two platforms for our Dveikus in Hashemi's Barach. Shehi that's why we have tefillin when we wear tfilin, where are the two places that we wear tefillin we put tfilin on we put tfilin on our left arm obviously only if you are um, right handed but in any event it's uh, for most people the majority of people who are right handed they put their tfilin on their left arm on the upper left arm so that when it is Next to your body, your torso, it is next to your heart. That is the position of Tfilin. And the other Tfilin goes, Tfilin shall roish. You put the Tfilin on your head because those are represented, uh, representations of the two platforms for our connectedness to God. Mayach volev, roish and lev. Those are the two places where you can actually create a relationship between you and God. Shabahem mekoir hadveikus bashem. Ubilom zomam letameis ha'mayach Bilom plotted to completely undermine, to, to um, contaminate the mayach, the brain and the lave. The heart. Through these two sins that he suggested to Bollock. That he engaged the Jewish people in. So that the Jewish people would not be connected to God. Let's be clear. What is avoida Zora avoida Zora is a sin of the brain. It's a sin of the intellect. Destructive ideologies but in matters of uh, idolatry but essentially it's anything which intellectually draws us away from god it could be atheism atheism is a form of idolatry it's a form of avodah today we don't have avodah you do if you live in india where there are millions of hindu gods but we don't live in india we live in the western world And the majority of the Western world is so-called monotheistic, whatever that may mean. But predominantly in the the Western world, people are drawn away from God by being convinced that there are other aspects of nature or science that make more sense than believing in an omnipotent creator God. That is a form of avoidah zara. It's brain contamination. It's deus Ra'is, as the Nasiva Shalom calls it. Anyone who believes that science is somehow superior to a creator God has given themselves over to Deis Ra'is, to Baalpa'ir, to a form of idolatry, Hamatamim Esamayach that contaminates the brain, that contaminates the intellect. Vaznus Imbenis Mayav and the immoral behavior with the girls of Moyav. He That's an emotional thing. When you are somehow aroused by proximity to immoral moral behavior, that's not logical. It's not intellectual. That's something that you can't help. And Bilom was an expert at drawing people away from God intellectually, and also to draw them away from God through immoral behavior emotionally. That was his advice. that he gave to Balak to the king he says if you want these to work if you want me ever to be able to curse the Jewish people it will only be through um, making sure that they sin in these two areas with Mayav and with Baal Pa'or it is through this that they will be detached from their connectedness to god and it is through this that we will enable the efficacy of the curses that will be uttered against the jewish people if you want to know what, what is the solution how are we going to battle against those who wish to undermine us through through intellect and through emotion it is through prayer and through the study of torah it is through engaging with torah which is intellectual and through engaging with prayer which is spiritual and emotional that is how we will beat back all of those who wish to undermine us in our relationship with god because Connectedness to Torah will ensure that your brain is purified. Connectedness to prayer will make sure that your heart, your emotions are purified. The Torah purifies your brain. Torah because by studying torah your whole way of thinking will be a torah way of thinking your way of conducting yourself will be a torah way it will cleanse it will it will completely cure any negative effects that may have contaminated your brain your intellect through it, through the study of Torah, that's what's going to happen. And the tefillah prayer purifies, cleanses your heart. It cleanses the seat of your emotions. We know that the pos says, It's uh, the, your, the your heart will flow. With, like water what does that mean that it will flow like water if you allow your heart to flow to cry in a sense like like water it's a flowing process it's with prayer that's what it means I stand in prayer before Hashem and it flows out of me like a river like crying like tears Liboy. you will have cleansed your heart if you can really engage in prayer by the way it's not an easy thing every morning at the moment i'm going through rabbi melamed Sefer on prayer we're going through all the different aspects of prayer and only this morning we spoke about the effectiveness of prayer and how hard it is to engage in prayer there's a Soita that says if you need to pray in another language you should pray in another language But really, you need to pray in Hebrew because that is the language of prayer, that's the language of Anshay Knesset HaSagdoyla. Anshay Knesset HaSagdoyla said, pray in Hebrew because there's so much more than just the translation and the meaning of the words that lies in every letter and every word in every sentence. In Hebrew, in Loshon HaKodesh. And therefore their suggestion is, the Gomorrah suggestion is, pray in Hebrew. But if you have to, if the only way you can attach yourself to prayer is to pray in a foreign language, in a language that's not Loshon HaKodesh, pray in the language that you understand. As long as your aspiration, as your anticipation is that one day I want to understand the prayers in Hebrew and pray in the language of Hashem. But we know that prayer cuts through to your emotions if you can really subjugate yourself before god if you can really allow yourself to be vulnerable in front of hashem and to pray to hashem please hashem whatever it is that you're praying for i throw myself before you i'm at your mercy that is a powerful emotional challenge to the human condition it's an amazing it's an amazing platform for creating That relationship between you and God. And the fact is, we understand that perfectly. That Torah, the study of Torah, what we're doing here, the study of Torah, filling your mind with Torah concepts, with Torah ideas, with Torah ideals, That is a powerful way of engaging your brain, of directing your brain in a God direction. Similarly, tefillah. Tefillah is the method by which you can use, utilize your emotions in a God direction. And as a result of that, you will attach yourself to God. Bezeu matoi vuhalecha Yaakov. Secha Yisrael And that's what Bilom meant And in this explanation of the Gemara That we saw in Sanhedrin This is what it means When, when Bilom said How goodly Are your tents Jacob Secha Yisrael Your sanctuaries Israel We're talking about The sanctuaries the synagogues, we're talking about the bot Medrash, uh, the Bote Medrashos, the, the different places of learning. These are the two seats that we're talking about, the seat of learning and the seat of the emotions. Bateh Knesses, a shul, is a place where people pray. Hopefully, if they're not talking too much. If they're not uh, running off somewhere else, if they're not coming late and leaving early. A base, me- a base Knesses is a place that people daven. And a base medrash is a place that people come to study Torah, not to talk politics or to talk about nonsense, but to focus on your Torah learning. That's what a base medrash is. We have here a virtual base medrash. We have a YouTube, a SoundCloud, a Zoom based Medrash. We're learning an out based Medrash. We're creating a base Medrash. That's what he means. Matoivo Halecha yaakov, Mishkanay secha Yisrael. Near Dovuk bashem, you will be connected to Hashem that's why Bilam was desperate was intent on cursing the Jewish people the one thing he wanted to achieve was that he could eradicate undermine the existence of synagogues and of places of Torah learning that's what he wanted to achieve because because for as long as the Jewish people are going to have as a permanent fixture in their lives, synagogues where they can pray and a base medrash where they can study Torah, they will remain connected to God. And as long as they remain to connected to God, they are protected from any lasting harm. That is what he wanted to do. He, will, he wants to make sure that they're disconnected from God so that they can be destroyed. If there's schools and there's um, places of Torah learning, their parts and their minds, their intellect and their emotions remain connected to God. That's what he wanted to undermine, of course, as it came out of his mouth. What he wanted to say wasn't said, and what he in fact said was "Matovu ahalcha Yaakov Mishkanay Secha Yisrael." That's what ultimately—that's ultimately what came out of his mouth. Continues the That's what it means, the posse when it says that uh, the God changed around, flipped the curse to a blessing because he loves you. God loves you. Hashem loves you he wants to make sure that you're not going to be cursed the greatest curse that can happen to the Jewish people is the loss of their synagogues their places of prayer and the loss of their places of Torah learning and God loves you he wants to make sure that that never happened God wanted to ensure there will always be synagogues and always be that for all time there will be the strength this energy that is created by prayer and this energy that is created by torah learning don't forget it's a symbiotic relationship god wants us to have a relationship with him so he gives us the ability to have that relationship by making sure that the platform for that relationship which are these two things can never be eradicated can never be destroyed. Um, And that ultimately is the source of blessing as we began with today with this Nesiva Shalom. If there's always shuls, and there will always be shuls, and there are always Bate Medrashas, and there always will be Bate Medrashas, then... It's never going to be possible to detach the Jewish people from God. It's not possible to in any way distract them from their relationship with God. Says the Shalom, here's your answer. Even though those curses, those other curses, did somehow occur during the course of Jewish history, the way we can ensure that the fact that they recurred or uh, were enabled at some point in our history, that that um, existence of those curses is not permanent, is only if there are going to be shuls, and they are going to be matimidrosheis. That is how we're going to ensure that we can overcome any of the challenges presented to us by the curses of Bilam, which time and again did pop up in Jewish history. That is why it's said in the singular, not in the plural. You don't need the plural because all you need is to ensure that there are always shuls and always places of Torah learning, and you know that the endurance of the Jewish people is secure. It is guaranteed. Because if it's true to say that the Jewish people has synagogues and has places of Torah learning, and that as a result of that, they remain connected and attached to Hashem, then it's not possible for the other curses somehow to gain entry into um, the Jewish people and cause havoc. <speaking> in <Hebrew> this in and of itself is going to be a solution. It's going to resolve any problems that might be created by those other curses, by the enduring existence, the permanence of Bote Knessiois and Bote Medrashois. And the energy that is created, the strength of this posuk that God changed the curse into a blessing because He loves the Jewish people, is talking about the strength, the energy of Torah and the energy of prayer it is an eternal energy it's an eternal power it's an eternal strength of the jewish people it lasts for all time and until the end of time if you want to access it there has never been a time Time in Jewish history when you couldn't find a shul and you couldn't find a place of Jewish learning. You may have had to travel a little bit. It may not have been in your neighborhood. It may have been in another neighborhood. And it could be that from some time that the center of Jewish learning and Jewish prayer was in one place, and then at some point in the future it moved to another location. But at no time in Jewish history was there no place of Jewish prayer and no place. Of Jewish learning. That is a Koyach Nitzchi. It will never be forgotten from their descendants and for all time. As a result of which, ultimately, the curses, even if they are going to somehow exist in the court in They did exist. We have had points in our history which have been full of curses and difficulties and challenges and threats and you name it. But ultimately, as a result of the existence of synagogues where Jews come together to pray and as a result of the existence of places of Jewish learning, yeshivas and Jewish schools and centers of Jewish education where we can study Torah together, even if those centers are virtual as we have today. As a result of that, the Jewish people are safe. The Jewish nation will be saved from any harm. We are an enduring nation. 3,300 and something years after we received the Torah at Mount Sinai, here we are, studying the very same Torah, looking at the very same psukim that were written by Moshe Rabbeinu. We are an enduring nation. We pray for our survival and through that we have a connectedness and a relationship with God. We study the Torah that was given to us by God and by that we understand God. We speak His language and He speaks to us and He engages with us. That is the power of And the reason for that is... Because God, your God, loves you. God really loves the Jewish people. That's why he gives us shuls and makes sure that they will survive. By the way, a shul can close down and a shul opens somewhere else. That's fine too. I've been to shuls which have been empty for years in Europe, sadly. Communities no longer exist and synagogues have become concert halls and all types of other things, even sadly, uh, very mundane things like... Uh, car mechanic centers and whatever it is some shawls have closed down and remain closed for years and people visit them and they say oh once upon a time there was a shawl not important because if you go to London and if you go to New York and if you come to Los Angeles and if you go all over Eretz Yisrael there are shawls being built new shawls beautiful shawls where people daven and people come and learn in the base medrash that is the enduring nature of the Jewish people. We weren't, our existence, our survival was never contingent on a particular place at a particular time. Our survival is simply contingent on the existence of two phenomena. Do you know what they are? There has to be a base medrash and there has to be a base Knessis. That's what the Nesivas Shalom is telling us because Hashem loves you He will make sure that that happens Hashem has made sure that throughout our history there has never been a time where there wasn't a shul and there wasn't a besmedrash so that we can always engage with God as long as we desire to do so and through that we can thwart any of the curses that May be thrown out against us. And we can add to this collectively, the base Knesses and the base Medrash is collectively the heart and the mind of the Jewish people, the entire nation. That is where the Shchinah resides. There is a collective brain. It's almost as if an entire nation comes together and we have a collective brain. It's called a, a, a base medrash. And there's a collective heart, a collective seat of the emotions of the Jewish people. Do you know what it's called? It's called a base Knesset, the place where we come to pray. <speaking in Hebrew> this is the way that we can correct any of the problems that may exist. In the Jewish nation, even in the most negative moment, the most challenging moment in our existence, we always have these two places that we can call our own and which we can um, use, we can utilize to ensure our survival. There were terrible times. The first terrible moment in our history was when they created the Golden Calf. <speaking in Hebrew> as long as there is a place, and after the terrible story of the Egel that was the first time that a center of Jewish prayer and Jewish activity was created. It was called the Mishkan, a sanctuary, and that was because... God understood and Moshe Rabbeinu understood, the Jewish nation understood. As long as there is a collective seat of Jewish study and a collective seat of Jewish prayer, the enduring nature of the Jewish people is assured. And we know from sickness, when somebody is sick, as long as the heart is still beating, and the brain is still working, it's possible to gather your strength. Through that, your brain and your heart, your heart's pumping your blood, your brain is still intellectually active. You can somehow, you can beat the illness. It's possible. But if your brain is no longer functioning, and your heart can no longer pump blood, you're done. It doesn't matter if the rest of your body... As it were is okay of course it's not okay but those are the two centers as it were of our life of human life the heart and the brain and um kach with this color with this curse what did Bilaam wanted to achieve he wanted to achieve that the Jewish people will die because their heart will die and their brain will die. That's why it needed to be undermined. It needed to be thwarted. It needed to be stopped by God. And by thwarting it, there was no no possibility for Satan for the Malachamoves to kill the Jewish people. That is pshat of Mativot HaLach HaYaakov Mishkenot Yisrael and why this particular brachah endures for all time came sipur hanefesh ubil adam ein bikhlal If you want to understand why it is that the Jewish people can survive, it's because they have a heart and a mind. And if they didn't have that heart, and if they didn't have that brain, if they weren't able to function because of a lack of shuls, and a lack of places of Torah learning, then the Jewish people in and of itself would collapse. It would no longer exist. It would assimilate into nothingness. And it would no longer be able to be identified as the Jewish nation. In every situation of challenge that has ever faced the Jewish people throughout our history, whether it has been um, as individuals or as a community, as communities, there's always been a place for them to strengthen themselves in Torah learning and to be able to open their mouths and to allow their mouths to express itself, to express themselves in prayer <speaking> in <Hebrew> to somehow bring the merit of the um, residence of the Shekhinah, of the almighty presence in the Mikdash Ma'at in the in the minor sanctuary that we call our shuls and that we refer to our botim Midrashos. We know that it is only through the existence of shuls and botim Midrashos that we as a Jewish people have survived. Not only survived, we have endured, we have thrived, we have succeeded in every possible way and in every sphere, in every country we've ever been. Wherever you go where there was a Jewish community, you can find a shul, and you can find a place of jewish learning you can find jewish books you can find jewish prayer books that is what has enabled us to survive and withstand every threat and to withstand any kind of challenge to our existence that is the prayer that we mention and we say every morning when we come into shul and when we begin our prayers matoivu ha bilom wanted to destroy us by removing us or removing our ability to pray and to study torah and to engage with god and to have through these two methods through these two routes these two channels through these two portals into a relationship with god he was thwarted because god twisted and changed and flicked his words of curses that would have destroyed shuls and places of torah learning and he instead said, Yaakov Yisrael, That became an eternal mantra of the Jewish people. We say it still today, not because we have any respect for Bilom, but these weren't really his words, they were God's words. God was telling us through Bilom's mouth that there will never be a time when the Jewish people won't have their shuls, won't have their places of prayer, and won't have their bote medroshoes, won't have their places where Torah study will be the main form of learning. And through that, the mayach and the lev, the heart and the mind, the brain and the emotion of the Jewish people is ensured, it is guaranteed for all time. We'll leave it here for today.